This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03, Monday afternoon, July 17th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rob Hartz. The actors have joined striking writers on the picket line, bringing TV and movie production to a standstill. We'll update the situation in our next segment. But right now, the week ahead will include reports on retail sales, housing and manufacturing, plus the start of earnings season. Joining us on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home is Tom Hudson, financial journalist based in Miami, Florida. Busy week ahead. Uh, let's talk about uh, the housing market, where it stands right now. Uh, we will get uh, reports on building permits, housing starts, and existing home sales. Existing home sales will be the big one because uh, that's where the greater activity is. That's where the mortgage market, of course, is going to come into play with these higher mortgage rates that we've seen uh, because of the Federal Reserve's uh, action in raising interest rates, trying to fight inflation. It also is the place to look for the supply and demand conundrum that I think helps explain why home prices, generally speaking, have remained uh, pretty healthy. Uh, Maybe year-over-year growth has kind of flattened in some areas, but this is after some big increases after the pandemic, despite these higher mortgage rates. So we'll see what kind of pace we're looking at here, especially in this very important summertime season when parents want to get those home sales done in order for the kids to be able to start school in August and September. The Treasury Secretary said uh, the the odds of a recession uh, basically non-existent. She doesn't think it's going to happen. Uh, it, it has seemed less and less likely uh, with this recent spate of economic reports. However, we do have a read on manufacturing uh, this week. And what will that tell us? You know, m- manufacturing has been a place where uh, we certainly have seen some growth fueled in no part, uh, rather in no small part, by uh, federal policy as well as public pressure to bring manufacturing back to the United States. We saw that with PPE, for instance, in the early days of COVID. We've seen that with federal legislation around the Inflation Reduction Act as well as the CHIPS Act. And so we have seen uh, uh, manufacturing industrial investment increase while we've seen the manufacturing industry globally still kind of uh, find its way through the uh, the pandemic supply chain constraints. So it's a place where we've seen some small growth. We've seen some small drops or, or, or uh, I suppose we've seen a recession, for instance, in some of those instances. But they've been very small in that corner of the market. So certainly a place to watch. But uh, but I think the housing sales, earnings, retail sales place to be this week. Earnings season is uh, continuing as the the biggies report their uh, second quarter earnings results. Bank of America, Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs in the banking sector. What can we expect out of them this week? We already heard from J.P. Morgan last week making a lot of money on uh, those higher interest rates. Yeah, higher interest rates have certainly helped uh, uh, the larger banks 
uh, with their uh, net uh, interest income. Uh, we'll hear from Netflix, IBM, uh, Johnson & Johnson, American Airlines, American Express, lots and lots of companies. The bar is relatively low. Uh, analyst earnings expectations are as low as they've been in terms of year-over-year changes uh, really since we've pulled out of the pandemic. So uh, low expectations, companies expected to beat those expectations. And it's really going to be, of course, as it always is, what's the look ahead? What's the rest of the year look like? Um, are the companies as confident that they're going to be avoiding an earnings recession as the economists are increasingly confident that the economy will avoid a recession. Tom Hudson, financial journalist based in Miami. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up, gauging the impact of the strike by actors and writers in Hollywood. The only program dedicated to currency events. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Striking writers are now joined by members of the Actors Union on the picket lines after failing to reach a deal with TV and movie studios. Let's talk about the effects of the walkout with Paul DeGarabedian, senior media analyst for the box office tracking company Comscore based in Los Angeles. Paul, thank you for joining us today. It seems like this is going to be a a play in three parts or maybe a movie in three parts. And uh, part number one of the uh, of, of, of the, the Screen Actors Guild now joining the writers on strike is that the actors in movies that are set to come out soon cannot promote them uh, on talk shows and things like that. Yeah, and that's a huge deal, Rob. I mean, the the fact that, you know, already the Barbie and Oppenheimer, Barbenheimer phenomenon, that was kind of set in place weeks ago, and that's taken on a life of its own. And there's a lot of content on YouTube and elsewhere with the stars talking about those films. Christopher Nolan, obviously, was uh, everywhere this weekend on a lot of shows, or at least ones that were pre-taped. Uh, that's going to be fine for those movies. The The issue is moving forward the longer this goes on, if stars aren't even, they're not even able to do like panels at Comic-Con. So it really, and especially for the more high profile films, this is a big deal. In a sense, that's good news because the August films, there's six wide releases. Those are towards the tail end of the summer. Collectively, they'll do well, but they're not like these massive star-driven movies. It's going to become a bigger problem towards the end of the year when you get to awards season and this, uh, the holiday movie season, all these big movies are going to be released. That's why this needs to be resolved sooner than later, if possible. How many movies are in the pipeline and how many months until that pipeline dries up? Well, I mean, we've got numerous films, both big budget and small. Uh, you know, it, there's going to be at least, geez, there's six wide release movies just in August alone. To the end of the year, I think everything's okay because normal in terms of that, in terms of the production schedule, because you usually take six months or so to a year from the beginning of a movie to the end, but it depends on the movie. Some movies take much longer. But the long, the more protracted this is, the tougher it gets because these movies don't write themselves. Certainly you need the actors in front of the camera to create uh, or to bring these scripts to life. And if that isn't happening... The pipeline will run out. I think everyone realizes this will have to get resolved because nobody wants that pipeline to run run out, either for big screen movies or television shows 
which was is a quicker churn of content. It happens even more quickly. So it's no small thing, Rob. And the movie theater industry was slowly recovering from the just complete, you know, halt of production during the pandemic. And it seemed like it was starting to show some signs of life. And uh, this is a very inopportune time for another interruption in production. Exactly. And that's the thing. I mean, we're on kind of on a roll. I mean, there's some films that underperformed a bit, but I think the Barbenheimer weekend that's coming up is going to be massive. I think Barbie is going to be a much bigger than expected opening weekend for that. That's great. But then these headwinds, somewhat unexpected, especially early, early in the year, didn't see this coming. It's just another one of those challenges that hits the entertainment business, and this is a big one. And then very quickly, it just seems like the entertainment business it has developed a content everywhere model. You can see it in a theater. You can see it on your smart TV at home. You can watch it on your phone. There is a desire for TV shows and for movies to see them, but the economic model that made them very popular is starting to break down. It's almost like they're a victim of their own technological success. Uh, I couldn't have said it better. You you just nailed it. There are technologies that exist today that didn't exist when these original protocols or revenue splits or modes of doing business were put into place. And this happens every uh, decade or more when technology uh, finally changes the game. And then the financial model has to change to meet that new world of how content is delivered and paid for. Paul DeGarabedian, Senior Media Analyst for the box office tracking company Comscore, based in Los Angeles. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next, can a soccer megastar raise the profile of the sport in America? Because money matters. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Expectations are high with international soccer superstar Lionel Messi, now a member of Major League Soccer's Inter-Miami Club. We're joined by Tim Hanlon, founder and CEO of the Verter Group based in New York. Tim, thank you for joining us today. Now, there there is, has, is some precedent for Lionel Messi joining an American soccer club almost at the height of his fame because 50 years ago, Pelé joined the New York Cosmos and he was their signature star for a couple of years. But the Sport has certainly evolved a great deal in the United States over the decades since then. So I think that's really uh, quite true. And, and uh, Pele made uh, an, uh, an indelible mark uh, on the sports landscape in 1975 when he did indeed, at the time, sign the largest uh, professional sports contract worldwide, a uh, three-year commitment for, it seems comical now, $5 million. Um and there are some similarities, for sure, in Messi's arrival. Um, the fact that uh, back when Pelé was signed, uh, it was not only uh, paying him for uh, to play, but also Warner Communications, a precursor to today's Warner Brothers Discovery, uh, essentially guaranteed him all kinds of ancillary revenues from recordings and movies and book deals and all that kind of stuff. This is the same thing is happening with Messi. Apple TV, Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, is very much helping in the uh, funding of Messi's arrival. Uh, And even some of his uh, initial uh, Joe uh, Everyman uh, social media uh, tweets from last week going uh, grocery shopping in Miami was done at a Publix store, which is just happens to be a sponsor of Inter Miami. Right. So but it's very different. The landscape is very different. Major League Soccer, you know, 50 years later, I mean, has 
29 franchises going on 32. It has soccer-specific stadiums. Uh, you know, the Chicago Fire plays in uh, Soldier Field, regularly 15,000 to 20,000 uh, fans. Uh, the ancillary revenue streams that are now a part of a now global game Major League Soccer is involved in, it is a very different precipice uh, in which Messi now steps into. Um, and I think it's, uh, it's a, a very intriguing time for the sport. Uh, and it may be some of the same as we saw with Pelé. It may actually be different this time. We'll see. And then very quickly, uh, tickets for his debut in Miami running uh, north of six figures. Does it help Messi and help his uh, initial case that he's playing in Miami, which is very much an international city? I think so. Uh, there's no question it's a very cosmopolitan city, and he will take his show on the road, for say, obviously in Chicago in October, uh, but also to social media. Don't underestimate it. A lot of stuff is just going to be shared virally, and that's a whole different dynamic that, that Messi, I think, is uh, adequately prepared for. Tim Hanlon, founder and CEO of the Verter Group, based in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. Still ahead, some investment ideas from our Monday stock picker. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Chicago's News Traffic and Weather Station, News Radio 105.9. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. A boy is being treated for serious injuries after a carnival ride accident in the northern suburbs. An agreement that allowed grain to move out of Ukraine is in trouble. Getting out of debt is a tough proposition, but there are always ways to get there. And at Stock Picker Monday, we'll get a couple of suggestions from a portfolio pro. WBBM business markets are higher. The Dow is up 82 points. The NASDAQ is up 101. The S&P 500 is up 14. AccuWeather says for today, mostly sunny with low humidity, more haze from the Canadian wildfire smoke, especially south of Chicago, a high around 80. 76 degrees right now under mostly sunny skies at 1231. Topping our news at the half hour, a 10-year-old boy is in the hospital following a carnival ride accident in the far northern suburbs yesterday afternoon. The details from WBBM's Nancy Hardy. The boy was initially in critical condition when he was airlifted to Advocate Lutheran General in Park Ridge after Antioch police say he was apparently thrown from a ride at around 2.40. The village's mayor ordered the rest of the rides at the Taste of Antioch Carnival shut down amid a safety review. The Moby Dick ride is a platform ride that whips riders in a circular motion. All-around amusement out of Lockport says you must be 42 inches tall to go on the ride. Nancy Hardy, News Radio 105.9 WBBM. The Russian government says it's ending its participation in a wartime accord that allowed grain to flow from Ukraine to countries in Africa, the Middle East, and Asia. Russia says it will return to the deal when its demands are met. The breakthrough agreement brokered last summer allowed food to leave the Black Sea region after Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The end of this deal for now could have an impact on hunger worldwide and food prices, pushing more into poverty. The war in Ukraine sent food commodity prices soaring to record highs last year. 
Cammie McCormick, CBS News. It's 1232 as the noon business hour continues. Stocks are trading higher today. And joining us now on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home, is Gary Kaltbaum, President Kaltbaum Capital Management based in Orlando, Florida. Gary, thank you for joining us today. And before we talk about uh, earnings season, second quarter earnings season, which is now underway, the uh, Fed uh, leaders are uh, entering the Fortress of Solitude, the uh, the quiet. <laughs> period uh, before their next uh, before their next policy meeting uh, it's, it's pretty much uh, a, a foregone conclusion they will hike rates this month but where do they go from here um, they're gonna hike one more maybe a second uh, but I'll repeat what I've been saying uh, many times uh, they matter much less than uh, people give them credit for uh, I watched the 10-year yield uh, it's at 3.81 and that's the mortgage rate and other Uh, interest rates that we depend on, Uh, what they're doing right now, beyond me, why they're doing it. uh, I don't think it really uh, does much damage at this second. And just watch the markets. We're in a bull phase right now. And I just think it has to do with the fact that interest rates, the real market that I always talk about, are cooperating and staying uh, pretty moderate at this juncture. So we have uh, the big banks or more of the big banks reporting this week. And what are you looking for in these uh, the, the, the second quarter reports from Bank of America, Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs? We know they'll be making more in interest income, but what, what's going to jump out to you? Um, well, there's a, just a big difference between J.P. Morgan and the rest uh, as far as stock price performance. Uh, you know, Bank of America has a lot of big losses on their books, and that's why uh, it's underperforming from buying a ton of long bonds. You know, the thing that happened to Silicon Valley Bank. Uh, so I, I, I think business is fine. Uh, the economy's okay, nothing special. Uh, but look, I believe these banks are great bookies. They take in uh, a certain amount, pay nothing, and they uh, lend out at, at a, a large spread. So I expect uh, some decent numbers. But again, when we're dealing with the market, I can tell you J.P. Morgan and everybody else uh, is, is way behind at this juncture. And we have a couple of uh, consumer-facing fra- uh, consumer uh, businesses reporting this week. We heard from Delta last week. We'll hear from United. And then Las Vegas Sands. Well, so we'll find out how much uh, uh, the American consumer is still willing to spend on travel and resorts. Uh, well, I, was, I traveled uh, yesterday. I can tell you they're still spending plenty. Uh, and Las Vegas Sands does get a lot of their profits out of uh, China and Macau. Uh, they're doing better also. Uh, but, you know, again, China still has uh, pl- plenty of issues at, at this juncture. Uh, I-, I think the consumer's okay right now. I do worry going out because uh, credit card usage is skyrocketed, savings rates are down. Uh, so uh, they better keep spending because they are 65, 70 percent of the economy. And if you lose the consumer, look out. But so far, so good. And I'll add the other big guy, and that is uh, jobs. Uh, the job market continues to be very steady. As long as jobs are in shape, I think we're going to be, be just fine. Nothing spectacular, but I think that's what the market likes. And I can tell you flat out, market right now is in full bull phase, and let's hope it continues. Gary Kulpbaum, President Kulpbaum Capital Management based in Orlando. Thank you for joining us today. Find him online at GaryK.com. Coming up next, strategies to dig yourself out of debt. Your best stock option. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour.
Debt in America is on the rise, and it can be difficult to recover once you've fallen into it. Let's get some help from Mark Horner, Wealth Advisor, Fairhaven Wealth Management, based in Wheaton, the website fairhavenwealth.com. Mark, thank you for joining us today. And uh, chances are, as a financial advisor, you have seen also all shapes and sizes of household debt. Uh, that is 100% true. And, uh, and I would say when we're, dealing with, when we're dealing with a situation where there's too much debt, the, which is which is not uncommon, so we got to put the guilt away immediately and just think about fixing the fixing the problem. But the first step to getting out of a hole is to stop digging. So we we you gotta gotta take a real hard look at uh, at the behavior that maybe got you into that debt, so that you can formulate a realistic game plan by being honest with yourself about how you're getting how you're going to get yourself out of it. So that's the, that is the very first step in solving a debt problem. Outside of debt that's tied up in your home, let's say uh, home equity loans or just your mortgage, is it, are credit cards the most common form of debt? Yeah, so it's going to be credit cards, student loan debt, which is getting a lot of attention right now with the talk about debt forgiveness, uh, auto auto loans. Those are going to be the those are going to be some of the the, the more common uh, the more common uh, sources of debt that people have. And, uh, you know, one way to think about it that I think works on a spreadsheet is to look at your various, your various sources of debt and categorize those by uh, interest rate and start paying off the highest interest rate first, which totally makes sense on a spreadsheet. I'm a, I'm a bigger fan of actually organizing your debt by balance. And so, and so from high to low and to go up, to really target that lowest amount of debt that you've got. So maybe you've got a Maybe you've got a credit card that's got $1,000 on it, and that's your smallest amount of debt. And paying that small debt off first, even if it's got a lower interest rate than some of your other debt. And the reason for that is that you're, you're going to get a positive feeling of momentum building when you see one of those items on your list of debt get knocked off. It's, it's kind of like somebody that's, that's maybe gone through some weight loss. When you start seeing the scale drop by a few pounds, that's that's – that's positive reinforcement that what you're doing is working, and then that creates enthusiasm, and it makes, I think, achieving the goal that much easier. So I'd, I'd be targeting your, your lowest level of debt first. And then the other one is uh, refinancing your debt or some of your debt, and, and you can do that just by uh, getting a different credit card. You, you can. Now, we've, we've had interest rates go up uh, uh, quite a bit here in the, last, in the last few years, so the refinancing option might not be as compelling now as it maybe it was in uh, a couple of years ago but you can also go to your existing instead of establishing new uh, a new credit card or new sources of debt that might have a lower interest rate there's no harm at all in fact i think it's a great move to reach out to your existing debt holders uh, let them know that you want to get into a repayment plan to get it to get it uh, get the debt lowered and see if they might lower the interest rate because they're they're getting paid in full is going to even at a lower interest rate might be a better deal for them. Uh, and so I encourage everybody to talk to your existing lenders to see if they can sharpen the pencil on the interest rate that they're charging you. And then finally, uh, if there is a windfall, just use the windfall to pay down some of your debt, which we saw actually uh, a couple of years ago when the COVID relief funds were sent out to people and uh, the, the amount of outstanding debt just plummeted. People did uh, use those stimmy checks to, uh, to, to pay off their debts. They absolutely, you're 100 percent right. They absolutely did, which is which is proof that behavior can change. Uh, so yeah, if you get a, a bonus 
at work, even birthday or graduation money, every little bit of dollar, every little dollar helps in getting that debt reduced. But again, back to that very first point, being honest with yourself about how you got into that, how you got into those circumstances, and then being honest about being committed to changing some behavior going forward to get yourself out of it, and it can absolutely be done. Mark Horner, Wealth Advisor, Fairhaven Wealth Management in Wheaton. Thank you for joining us today. The website, fairhavenwealth.com. Join us at this time tomorrow for Travel Tuesday and still to come our Monday Stock Picker. Lunch money for all generations. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's Stock Picker Monday and joining us with a pair of picks from his UpsideStocks.com website is Chuck Carlson, the CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of UpsideStocks.com based in Hammond. Chuck, thank you for joining us today and uh, two of your so you have two selections today and one is uh, very common now in uh, office culture that's right that stock is dropbox the symbol is dbx it trades for about 28 dollars per share has about a nine billion dollar market cap so it's firmly in that mid-cap space they make software um, for uh, basically contact content collaborative platforms so basically you can work on Dropbox and, and you and a family member or individuals or, or work colleagues can kind of work on documents together. Uh, there, there is competition out there. There's no doubt about it. But Dropbox has, has put together some pretty nice quarters here. And I think earnings growth should be about 17% in 2023, 12% in 2024. And, and best of all, you can buy that stock at a reasonable valuation. It trades at about 15 times. It's 2023 earnings estimate and 13 times is 2024. So it's in a good space, software infrastructure. Uh, it, it's in a, a good technology area within that space, and you can buy that at a reasonable price. That's Dropbox. Trades for about $27, $28 a share. Symbol is DBX. And the uh, next one, uh, this is kind of somewhat related, but they make the cables that make the world go round. That's right. That company is Belden. The symbol is B as in boy, D as in dog, C, BDC. Trades for about $98 per share. You have a $4 billion market cap, which means this is a stock in the small cap space. So it's not a household name, but it's one that we do like. As you alluded to, Rob, they make kind of communications equipment and infrastructure. So they do cabling. They do all sorts of um, connectivity things for, for both networks, data centers, fiber, 5G networks, et cetera. It's a good market to be in, infrastructure for telecom. It, it continues to grow and gets funding, especially from the government. Companies should earn over $7 a share this year and seven fifty in 2024, which gives it a P-E ratio of about 14 based on 2023 earnings. So it's certainly not richly valued. Estimates have been rising here, earnings estimates. They've beaten the earnings estimate in the last four quarters. So it's a nice, solid company in the small cap space. That's Belden. Symbol is BDC, and the stock trades for $98 a share. And, and in the interest of full disclosure, our clients uh, and our company own both of these stocks. Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the UpsideStocks.com newsletter based in Hammond. Thank you for joining us today. If you missed any part of today's noon business hour, we'll have the replay podcast available shortly at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. And uh, just to recap, uh, Chuck's selections on this Stock Picker Monday Dropbox, the symbol DBX, and Belden BDC. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.